what is something that you want so badly that you're afraid to even think it? I laugh every time. LOL always gets me pumped to dominate the day. Stay funky. That one was from EB Double Daddy. Thank you, EB Double Daddy. Sounds kind of kinky, man. <laughs> thank you for leaving that review on iTunes, and thank everybody else who has done it. I am I am so pumped that you all are here to listen to all the gibberish and shenanigans that comes out of my mouth. So whoever you are, wherever you may be, whatever you may be creating, wherever you may be fist pumping, wherever you may be breaking the rules and breaking all the rulers, I hope that we can do it together today. I do have a fantastic guest on, as always. I never let you down. Harley Eblen. Out of Santa Cruz, California, he is doing big things at such a young age. Such an inspiring story to, to, to really, really, really attack the life that he absolutely loved. And he's been up and down and all around as well. So I really thought bringing him on this show and letting him talk about his personal journey and, and how he's really been able to dive into the person who he really, really wants to be and really dreams of and thinks of in his head has kind of come about. He's been in some weird situations. He's put himself out there, and he's he's a cool, cool dude. He is the founder of the People Who Matter podcast. Awesome, awesome show. He, he really dives deep into people, their emotions, their drives, what they went through to get to where they are, and he is all about sharing it himself. Uh, he, he's been a health guru in the past he's also a co-host of the healthitarians podcast but he's really taken on this this whole new project of podcasting and and taking it to a whole nother level that's really really exciting and i i cannot wait to see you all move over there and, and listen to his show and then watch and follow him grow because he's going to be a big one and, and i'm and i'm pumped for him to be on the show today so everybody out there pull your pants up fist pump Wait, pull your pants down? Pull your pants up? Yeah. Pull them up. Pull them up today. Fist pump. Get out your creative juices. Chug them. Put them in the beer funnel. Go put them on top of like a three-story building and just take them straight to the dome because you're going to need them today. I want all the color. I want all the energy that you have contained inside of you. And all the information that you could possibly want about Harley We'll be on artsynow.com forward slash 82 or forward slash Harley Eblen. That's E-B-L-E-N. And of course, his website, harleyeblen.com, where you can go and find his happy, healthy, over-enthusiastic human ass. I hope the rest of your day is swell. Remember to get out there. Every day is a bonus round. Do something beautiful and just calm down. Relax, it's all going to be amazeballs. All the show notes are now.com forward slash Harley Eblen, and here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stickity riggity diggity beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. Well, then get on with your bad selves. Yeah. From Honolulu to Santa Cruz, he's eating lots of plants and wearing toe shoes. He used to be overweight, depressed, and lethargic, but not anymore. He's changed his mindset, he's changed his lifestyle, and now he's dominating life through health and personal growth and podcasting. He's a triathlete, and according to his website, the only person... He knows it's given themselves a meditation injury. Wow. <laughs> the founder and host of the People Who Matter podcast and the co-founder of the Healthitarians podcast, a skittamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skittamarinkity-doo-hoo, Harley Eblen, yoo-hoo, are the entrepreneur now. What's going on, man? Wow. That, that was fantastic. I'm doing really well. How about you, Heath? <laughs> Always pumped up, man. I can tell. Every day is a bonus round, right? For sure. Slow down and enjoy something beautiful. And yeah. and I yeah, I'm pumped to have you on, man. I love everything you're doing. I love connecting with with like minds like me who are kind of in the same position um and showing everybody else out there listening that it's so possible just to get out there and do it. And and I'm I'm really interested in your story in general. Uh, you you were born in, in Hawaii and I guess you're back in Santa Cruz. I don't know exactly how long you were there. But mm-hmm. but you're you're taking on this life of of going for it, man. Going for it, being an entrepreneur, uh, really working with yourself, and and you, you've got this show called the the people who matter. And it's funny because when we we had a pre chat, and I have to bring this up, you sent me a you were talking <laughs> about the Healthitarians podcast because I was listening to it and I was like, yeah, I'd love to talk health. And you said, yeah, um, I can't remember the first part of it, but it's but I'm trying to focus on people who matter. And I was like. Damn, what a dick. Like, I know. I, I read back I read back over that conversation. I'm like, oh my God, I just burned this bridge so hard. <laughs> no, but any anyways, it was it was a funny it was a funny conversation opener and then uh, so you got to show people who matter and you're interviewing the happiest, most fulfilled entrepreneurs, musicians, uniquely successful people out there. So very much like what we're doing on this show. And and I, I I don't even know where to start with you. Like, you do you want to start just by telling me a little bit about your background and who you are? Because it's sort of a mystery right now. And, yeah, and why you're going for it, man? Why you're fist pumping and, and going for it? What what's out there? Why do you believe in it so much? Okay, so let me let me kind of give a brief brief background. So I, as you said, I grew up in Hawaii uh, when I was uh, probably fourteen or whatever age you're supposed to be going into high school. My mom pulled me out of school. I unschooled, which is just just think a self-directed, crazier version of homeschooling. <laughs> um, and I really fell into a lot of different things. I was learning instrument repair. I was playing cello. I played cello most of my life. Um, and I really found these new genres of music that I love playing on the cello, like folk music and bluegrass. Started traveling, went up and down the West Coast, going to festivals and camps, and ended up in Santa Cruz for a variety of reasons. And... I've moved back to Honolulu and to Boston 
um, over the past couple of years. But overall, I have spent the majority of my time since 2010 in Santa Cruz, and I, I can't even express how much I love it here. It's such a great little town. Is but, it? I've oh, never yeah. been there. Yeah, you know, Santa Cruz is just amazing. It's um, right at the base of the mountains and right on the northern side of the Monterey Bay. So it it feels like Hawaii, but I'm right next to Silicon Valley. Yeah. So it's it's the best of every world I can imagine. How amazing. What's the cost of living like out there in Santa Cruz? I mean, I used to live in San Diego for a little bit, which was pretty damn expensive, which I loved. I mean, it was an awesome area. And I think my favorite part of California that I've really taken a hold of is Big Sur. I just, I love it up there. Uh, yeah, you know, Big Big Sur, there's a camp in Big Sur that I went to, and that was kind of the the clincher for this area. Um, but the cost of living in Santa Cruz, you don't even want to know. It's, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. sometimes I Being doubt my decision to, to live Valley, there. Yeah. yeah. And sorry, that is, that is Arlonius Bolonius Maximus. He's a, he's a hellion. Uh, you've all, you've all heard him before on this show, barking like a madman. So oh, cute, cute guy. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna get it if he doesn't stop. What camp were you at up there? Um, it's actually a private fiddle camp up on a mountain, which is right against the ocean, and it's on someone's like goat farm. Oh, really? Just a big, big sur fiddle camp That's changed incredible. my life. One of the best places I've ever been. I mean, it's like such a magical place, and I, I remember we. We, you have to go up there. I don't know. It's got to be fairly close to you, but there's a place. There's an artist up there, and his name is Don Louie, and he owns a house called the Dragon House, and he built this thing by his hands, and we went and stayed out there in it, and it's magnificent. He doesn't charge but like maybe like 200 bucks a night or something, and it's this whole outdoor indoor house, and it's all decorated with all this art that he's done, and... I'm trying to find the website to send to you just because you have to go to it. Man, I just made it. I already made a note with the name and the house because I, I have to look that up. Dude, it, it's like life changing. Everybody out there should check it out. He's he's just like this really quiet guy. And you'd never even uh, you'd never even know that this was out there. I mean, and I think it's just is it Monterey that's just north of Big Sur? Yeah. And then Santa Cruz is just north of Monterey. Yeah. So I'm sending you I'm sending you the link right now. Everybody out there, if you go to donlouie.com, D-O-N-L-O-U-I.com, uh, he's got a couple different cabins that kind of all sit. He's built them by hand. I mean, by hand. It, plumbing and everything. And you, you, you'll be blown away when you get out there and you have to climb up this trail with these carts like, you know, a quarter of a mile and thinking, wow, this guy dragged all this stuff up here. Like, it's insane. So, so yeah, man. Awesome. Well, you, you're doing the podcasting thing now, and I know you're in Santa Cruz, uh, fist pumping, living the dream. And do you want to tell us a little bit about people who matter? Um, or do you want to start with the health Because I know that that was kind of the start of when you got into podcasting. Why are you getting involved with the podcasting and, and how exciting has it been since you started it? Because for me, it's just been like life changing, like mesmerizing. Podcasting is one of the best things I've ever found. Um, you know, I just splurged recently on a better setup um, because I just I am so in love with it. And so I guess it was about a year and a half ago. I met my good friend Barris in the supplement section of New Leaf Market in downtown Santa Cruz. He was he was working there and I would go in to read labels of supplements, not to buy anything, not to like j- just to read labels, because that's how much of a dork I was about health. Um 
And so he saw me just in there reading labels and he's like, can I help you? I'm like, oh, I'm just, just looking at this. And we got to talking and we, we would just, we talked for hours. Um, and I, I went back in there a couple times and we did that. And I was like, man, we need to go get lunch sometime before you get fired for like not working. <laughs> so we did that. We decided to launch a podcast together. And that was the healthitarians. Um, it's, it's been kind of <laughs> spotty. It's been, I feel like it's kind of winding down. We haven't had official conversations about it yet, but, um, it feels like we're both kind of moving on and that's, that's totally, totally okay. I have a new podcast called people who matter that I launched about a month, month and a half ago. And that has been the most gratifying thing I've ever done in my life. Cause what, I just, what an awesome title too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was, I have a um, good friend. Uh, Benjamin Austin, and he, he, we, we do a mastermind call together. I actually, that's what I have after this, um, where we just give each other advice. We listen to each other. We help each other out. Just totally no BS. We call it like we see it. Mm-hmm. He's the one that um, pulled that name out of a list I wrote down, said, go with it. And I <laughs> thank you, Ben. It's been working well so far, except for that one conversation we had where I almost alienated you forever. <laughs> yeah maybe if i was but, somebody else i <laughs> i just thought it was funny i was like damn yeah but you know the the most interesting thing about podcasting that i didn't even connect these dots my mom connected these dots about six months to a year into me podcasting my grandfather started hawaii public radio so he started wow. the first public radio station in hawaii and at that time i, I feel like podcasting now is what public radio was then Feel like we're kind of making that transition so yeah, definitely That's i realized true. that it, it's almost a family tradition even though podcasting is a new art form so that that was kind of an interesting realization I, I, for me i mean that that's that's kind of cool though i mean like if if my mom were to come to me and tell me something like that about my grandfather i'd be like what like how how funny how weird that that, that things would fall in line like that yeah it totally blew my mind when i realized it yeah well with with your new setup what do you got going i mean for me, I think that I have all these people that listen to the show and and I haven't really had a lot of them contact me about wanting to start a podcast. But every time I talk to someone, I'm like, if you want to make I'm a firm believer that if you if you want to advance yourself in life towards the life that you truly love, you've got to become an authority of something. You have to be known for something, right? And if you start a podcast, there's no faster way to be known for something than than creating that platform where you're literally in the middle of a giant network of all these amazing people, especially if you're doing an interview-based one. And you're starting to connect those people to each other, and then it comes back in return. They're connecting you to other people. It's like, it's like I don't know, you wake up every day and you're like, wow, what kind of a golden email am I going to get today? And it's so fascinating. Yeah. No, it's it's incredible. And you're talking about the golden email this morning, like, or actually just an hour or so ago, I got the golden email from a venture capitalist. So, I mean, great. <laughs> it's just amazing what comes of doing stuff like this. But yeah, my setup is, um, I have a nice microphone. It's a Shure SM7B. I've got just like a microphone arm, got a mixing board, got some headphones that's all running in and out of my computer. There's tutorials on how to set this all up. It's like mixing board, um, running a mix minus. I don't, I don't fully understand it. I made friends with a guy across the street at the music store, and he literally <laughs> came over to my house and helped me. So <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. it works out. 
Yeah, I don't have a mixing. I mean, I run everything through a complete audio six in uh, audio interface, um, which I had used for music creations and, and everything that I had was literally from creating music and it works fantastic. But what, something that I would like to do is move into getting, and I don't know exactly how people set this up, but I would like to be able to play live drops and, and just, I've tried to channel through Soundflower and things like that to where I can actually play my introduction music live on the show and then move into something like blog talk radio where you're actually doing shows live and people can actually call in. I think that that would be fascinating. Well, we should talk after this because I, I know how to do some of that. I've been messing around with it myself. I'm working on getting that set up right now. Yeah, cool, man. Because, I mean, now I'm going back and inter- basically dropping the intros and outros out and doing the editing afterwards. But how much time could you save and how much better would it be to just be able to do all that live and jam out the music and fist pump while everybody's on the line? There you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it's cool, man. And fast, it, I, I think podcasting is one of the greatest one of the greatest invention i don't want to call it an invention but the internet the internet is still a baby if you think about it yeah the amount of opportunity there is just insane so i i'm really curious to see what happens with the people who matter podcast and and to see all the the uh the success that you get with that and i'm i'm fully behind you man pumped up thank you likewise and and that's on itunes obviously so you can go and search for people who matter it pops right up and do what's the website for that uh, peopleshow.co or peoplewhomatter.co, whatever sticks in your brain easiest. I'm a fan of saying peopleshow.co. <laughs> it's so catchy. Yeah, I like it. For sure. <laughs> well, well, hey, man, you, you've really touched this on, on this a few times, but you've talked about meeting random people and just really getting into conversation with them and then things that are kind of stemming from that. How important do you think those little nuggets of a network are um, for when you get ready to do something that you really want to do like this, like this show that you're doing. I've really come to realize that networking is n- not everything, but most of everything. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason I do this podcast is to network with people um, like, like this, this is fantastic. I love that we're talking right now and that you reached out to me to do this. Um, I did an interview this morning with a guy, Kevin Gianni. He runs a huge business and got that through networking. Um, all of that stuff. And actually John Corcoran, who was on your show a couple episodes back is the one that got me really interested in getting focused on, on networking. So I, I'm taking some of his advice and it's totally changing the game for me. Um, he's brilliant, isn't he? Oh my God. That guy's amazing. He's something else. Like I just talking to him was Wow. It was on a whole nother level just listening to what he had to say and and his actions and just like how smooth he is with everything and how he just, I mean, as soon as I got off the call with him, I had like three introductions to these amazing people. And I'm like, man, this guy's, this guy's brilliant. He's good. Yeah. So, I mean, networking, networking is a big part of it. Um, And a lot of that for me has been the confidence, like gaining confidence to do that. Like last night I was out in Santa Cruz I overheard a conversation where someone was talking about the fact that they were in radio and they were coaching TEDx speakers and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, they sound interesting. So I walked up, introduced myself, said, hey, do you have a card? I'd love to talk to you sometime. Um, And as a natural introvert, super shy kid growing up, like growing up, I was the kid in a black t-shirt, ponytail all the way down my back. I was a good 20, 30 pounds overweight at least. Um, At the most, I was like 
50 or 60 pounds overweight at times Mm -hmm. and just unbelievably shy, like afraid to even pick up the phone to call my friends. But now I'll pick up the phone to cold call people for interviews. And it's just, it's come from practicing that, learning how to be more outgoing and confident. Um, And it feels good. And networking falls right in line with that. And the, the networking part for me is just keeping in touch with people, which we, a lot of people make the excuse. It's like, oh, I'm just bad on the phone or, oh, you know, I just, I, I fall out of touch easily. It's like, well, get better at it because it'll change your life. Yeah. It's just being persistent. And I was the same way, man, super shy. And it's, it's amazing what can happen if you, if you get over that fear and just do it. I know you had mentioned in the bio and in the introduction, I talked about uh, your past and how you went through that period of being, you know, slightly overweight and depressed and had that crappy low self-esteem, but then you made changes. And after Mm -hmm. you made those changes, you know, happiness started to come around. You you felt healthier and you felt so much closer to to being the person that you wanted to be. What, what triggered that and and why? You know, a lot of it, I can say a lot of it was chance, but I can I can follow the trail back all the way to when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll kind of focus on the turning point for me. I moved to Santa Cruz on my own when I was 17. I was living in a shed in someone's backyard. And that that whole living situation was insane. Like <laughs> this woman on disability living in the garage, caretaking her ex-husband in a wheelchair in the house, and her and her fiance lived in the garage. Like it was ridiculous. Um, so I lived in a little converted tool shed in the backyard filled with spiders. And because I was broke, I couldn't afford a car. So I bought a crappy little bike on Craigslist. Um, and I, I just started riding to school all the time. I, I started riding to school like uh, three or four days a week, whatever I was doing. I was just in choir and taking music theory at a community college. I have no college degree. My highest level of education is a GED. And that's almost a point of pride for me, but that, that's a different story. <laughs> it's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was riding, riding my bike to and from school several days a week and I started feeling good. I started feeling really good. And I was like, okay, I want more of this feeling. How do I get more of this feeling? And I've written about this before. I'm trying to remember the timeline, but somewhere in there, I went and found a book called Thrive by Brendan Brazier which got me simultaneously into veganism and triathlon. So I became like a raw vegan triathlete <laughs> from like the brink of... Just, wow, what a transition. I know, right? I don't... I, that's, that's one of my strengths and weaknesses is I jump into everything full on. Um, and it's gotten me a lot of great places. It's also gotten me into a lot of trouble. Um, and and this, this transition was both because I lost a lot of weight a little too much at times. I got really intense about triathlon, too intense at times. But that process, that kind of three-year arc, um, one one year of it was triathlon, but three years of like strict veganism taught me about how to feed myself, how to make food. And now like my favorite thing to do is cook. I love cooking um, almost more than I love eating now, which is just insane to me. But I love moving my body. I love eating good food. And it was all born from that time of going a little too far for myself. 
I realized those ways of going about health and fitness weren't what I needed. I needed something more balanced. So now I have all of that knowledge. Um, I've kind of put it on a shelf in the back of my brain. I can pull on it whenever I need it. A lot of it's just there to access whenever I need it. But I just, I live my life. I eat, I, I play. I, I mean, I just rode my bike to the grocery store um, before, this, before this call. And it just, I feel so good. Better than I did when I was a vegan triathlete, to be honest. Yeah, I, and so I, I've never gotten as extreme as being like a triathlete or a vegan. I am very pro plant-based diet and I do mm-hmm. run, but the most I really ever want to run is about a half marathon because I think after that, I just feel like I'm doing more harm to my body than I am good. Um, You're probably right. true for everybody. People, there's some people out there that really just get that drive and feel great and they're built perfectly for it. Not necessarily for me, 100%. Uh, for yeah, me, it's yeah. more like a goal-setting thing, you know? You know, I'm not putting any of that down because that is what does it for some people. Yeah. Like, some people get into ultra-marathon and, like, run 100, 200 miles at a time. And great. If that works for you, I'm so happy for you. I decided that wasn't for me. What I do now, like, <laughs> okay, let me, let me tell you what I did before this call. I meditated a little bit. I had some leftover Thai curry I made the other night Mm. and I played with my battle mace. So, (laughs) I mean, that, that's my life. I love my life. And then I got to be on a podcast. Like, how cool is that? (laughs) There's nothing better, man. And, and I, I was curious because I was going to ask you like meditation has been a huge game changer for me. Mm. I, I started that and I had really, to be honest, I didn't start meditating until about four months ago. And I was the type of person who balked at it before and thought it was ridiculous. And that's just how much of a transition I've made. And now when I see people balking at it, it's just, it's kind of a sad thing to remember that there's so much judging out there that that isn't necessary. But what's important is that you just stay true to yourself and what you believe and not let those negative energies uh, influence you. So meditation, man, holy hell, I can't. I can't express, and it's really hard, as you would know, to put into words how effective that can really be. And I was going to ask you, I mean, how? tell me about the injury. Like, how in the hell did that happen? <laughs> Meditation injury. I kind of, I, I use that to bait people's interest. Um, <laughs> the story isn't as exciting as I make it sound. Uh, I went to a Dharma talk at a, a Vipassana meditation center. Vipassana is like just mindfulness awareness-based meditation. Yeah. Um, I might be doing disservice to the explanation, but oh well. But so I went to this meditation center. There was a 45-minute sitting and then a short break and then a talk, like about an hour-long talk. So all told, it was about two hours or so. And I sat, I'm not flexible. I'm, I'm Naturally, I'm not flexible. Like my dad can't cross his legs. Yeah. Um, I, I can cross my legs, but not very well, not very comfortably. So at that time, again, with the extremism that I was talking about, I decided that to meditate well, I needed to learn how to sit in half lotus or full lotus. And for those of you who know what that is, you know how dumb that sounds for someone who is not flexible. So I yanked my legs into a half lotus position and sat for 45 minutes, got up for five, and then sat for another hour in half lotus. And when I went to go to the gym the next day or two days later, I went to go do some squats and my knee felt like it was on fire. 
And I, I couldn't go to the gym for a week. And I was like, okay, I just gave myself a meditation injury. That is possibly one of the dumbest things I've ever done. <laughs> I feel like I've stood up several times and I'm pretty tall. Uh, and I, I've gotten that position of just literally sitting Indian style. And luckily my girlfriend is a yoga instructor and she's got those yoga blocks that you can put under your mm. knees yeah. and you can kind of like train yourself and drop them a little bit more every time. But they weren't there the first couple of times. And man, I stood up and thought I was going to die just, just from my legs, like locking into positions that were not natural, not what they were supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I don't want this to scare anyone off of meditation. Try it. Just don't be an idiot about it. Like sit comfortably. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. I mean, you can sit in a chair with your feet on the ground. You can lay down. There's, you can meditate really walking down the road if you, if you get to that point. I mean, it's such a fascinating, it's kind of like a game with your mind. And yeah, and you can shut everything else else out. And man, oh, yeah, there's no words. No words can explain it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So, so you switched back. You were vegan for a while, and then you switched back. Um, mm-hmm. And you talked a little bit about that. What what did you notice when you were eating like a vegan as far as your diet and, and kind of the way your body was functioning was going? Was it something that you think is is extremely important for, for some people and maybe not necessarily just you? Because uh, like I've never really gotten to the point of being an actual vegan, but I'm very much against GMOs and processed foods. And that's like the hardest thing ever when you live in, in Kentucky to find stuff that's not, you know, from GMOs and processed foods. So a imagine. lot of times you're kind of like a vegan just trying to find that stuff because most of the things that you can find are, you know, vegan certified and and it I just would get these headaches and like just when you're juicing or doing something like that, it's it's man, like the jaw aches and I remember and I'm like, God, I have to I have to have some eggs or chicken or something every once in a while. So Mm-hmm. What was that experience like, just like being in a vegan for three years or whatever it was? Yeah, you know, it was, I I can't speak highly enough of it. I loved it. It's mm-hmm. what taught me everything. It's what I needed to learn what I know about health and food and my body. Um, because going into it, like my uh, two of my going away presents when I was moving away from Hawaii at 17, one of them, my friends made me a donut burger. Like cut open a donut <laughs> That's and Kentucky put all the way, man. like, yeah. And then another friend brought me, um, oh God, I don't remember. It was a burrito. And I think it was a carnitas burrito from this specific um, taqueria that I was really going to miss. And I ate both of those back to back and didn't notice any, any ill effect. And that's not to say it wasn't affecting me. That's, <laughs> that's to illustrate how out of touch I was with my body. Yeah. Like I had a burrito and a donut burger and I felt on top of the world. Like, <laughs> oh my God, my body was in shutdown mode. But so when I, when I moved to California, I started eating a lot of processed foods like day-old cookies um, from the factory. Yeah. What else? Like day-old bagels, a lot of Trader Joe's frozen meals, like just junk food. And then I, I started riding my bike and that kind of transition I was talking about fell into veganism and it could have as easily been paleo, uh, could have been anything. Um, and I just started feeling better and I went with it, fell into kind of the dogma of it for a long time and thought, this is the diet. This is the only way this is going to heal the world. I can make such a difference by making everyone else a vegan. 
That was my goal for the longest time. Like I was one of those angry vegans that everyone thinks of when they think vegan. <laughs> and I realized that wasn't the way to go. And kind of over, over those three years, I started thinking, you know, maybe it wouldn't be so bad if I ate some eggs. You know, maybe having a piece of fish wouldn't be the end of the world. Like just opening my mind to this kind of thing and realizing that there's more than one way to do things, which I'm really big on in everything. Um, I, I try to do everything with some level of intuition involved. And so I started realizing that I was, my intuition was telling me to experiment with other things um, and not just be strictly a vegan. And the kind of, kind of the fi final nail in the coffin was when I started uh, going out with my now girlfriend. She um, is a pescatarian. Mm -hmm. So she eats fish, uh, but otherwise is a vegetarian. And she was as into health as me and just less extreme about it and less caught up in her own head about every little thing she was eating. And I looked at us and thought, there is not that much of a difference, or really not a difference between how healthy I am and how healthy she is. Yeah. And there's such a difference in how we look at food. So I decided that I really needed to kind of back off and at least give myself the opportunity to experience lightening up about it. So I have, and it's been really liberating for me. And now that's not to say maybe in a month, if you call me back up, I'll say, oops, you know, I'm a vegan again. I, that was an experiment and it didn't work. But yeah. I'm not attached to any one thing now. My, my mindset is that I will, I will try anything. I'll experiment with anything and I'll see what works best. And that comes in with food, with health, with exercise, with business, with my lifestyle, with where I, where I live, all of it. I'm just, I'm pretty open and I like to follow my intuition. Hasn't let me down so far. And I love sushi so much. I couldn't, I couldn't cross the line to vegan. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I can't get enough of it, man. It's like hardcore, but you got to watch out here in Kentucky. You, you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, you can probably find some pretty sketchy stuff. Oh, man, you can, you definitely can. You know, I was out there in Santa Monica a couple months ago, and what I really love about out there is they there is a, a much bigger community of healthy people. I mean, obviously, yes. I live in the state that is the highest uh, weight, the highest smoker rate, tobacco use, uh, the second highest unemployment rate in the United States. And so it's very shocking to me because, you know, if I go out and I'm with a client or something and I want to take them to, to lunch, they're demanding McDonald's. You know, that's what they want. That's yeah. the best thing. Like that's gold to them. But when I'm out there in the West Coast, which I, I don't eat fast food. I haven't in years and I will not. But I, when I was out there in um, Santa Monica, you know, they have all these raw bars. They don't have yeah. one of those here. There's not one. And it's amazing. Like the food is so damn good. And then getting the fresh shots of like ginger and things like that. I just, I can't explain how much better I felt as far as fitting in goes than when I was out there. Like I just more of like a sense of belonging. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, California is hippie heaven. Yeah. I love it out here. Yeah. My hair's getting kind of long too. I mean, I could just, I could just blend right in. Man, if you, I, I hear you wanting to move to Santa Cruz right now. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can make this happen. Yeah, we've been actually looking to. Uh, I'm I'm trying like I'm on a stint this year. I just put a blog post up. Uh, my my quest to pay off all my student loan debt because I got attacked by the college monster. Uh, so I have student loan <laughs> debt, and then I made the American dream mistakes as far as 
buying a house on loans, buying a car on loans, getting my basement finished on loans, all those things that everyone tells you that you're supposed to do when you get a job, you know, you make all this money so that you can buy all these things that you don't need to impress these people that you don't really like and make yourself feel better about something that you hate doing. And that's what happened to me. And so when I made this transition, I, I sat down at the end of this year and I was like, okay, last year I thought about how I wanted to travel the world. Right. And I want mm-hmm. to be able to work for my laptop and be location independent. And how do I create a network to allow me to start thinking about or putting the pieces in place to do that? Well, that was the podcast. That was the answer. And I did that. So now this year I was like, okay, what's next? It's more of a financial thing. You know, I've got a day job that brings revenue, but obviously if I leave, how am I going to afford to do anything? And it's not as complicated as you would make it think, but I want to make sure that I don't have that debt in place. So I added up all the debt and it was like, you know, with just the loans, not my house, because I could always sell that and make that money back. But um, just the student loans and the car and things like that. And it was it was around $15,000, fifteen to 17000 So I literally sat down and made this game out of it on how I am going to save $15,000 this year. So at the end of the year, I can pay all the loans off. And instead of waiting until, you know, 2018, when the last of them actually come to maturity and paying over the life of the loan somewhere in the, the mid 30,000. So I'm saving 15 grand if I can pay them off this year. And I'm also clearing up $800 a month in payments. That's fantastic. And so when I do that and I put, I actually made this spreadsheet that I'm tracking online and it's for people, they can actually get on there and watch it, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing it like a game. So I'm every single thing that I'm going to spend money on. I think about it before I do it. And then I make a decision based on if I absolutely need something or if I want something or if I can ask and get a discount from a clerk, because man, that happens a lot. You can just ask, or if I can find something that I really want call them, order it in bulk and save 20, 30%. And then I take the difference of all that and I put it straight into the savings. And I keep track of every one thing that I save. I mean, even the other night, seven, like I, I saved $7 at the movie theater and then another uh, $30 because we got these dog beds that, like, that were like 75% off. Those were things I would have bought anyway, but because we saved money, I took that money that I would have spent, put it in the savings. And within the first week and a half, I've already up to I've already saved like five hundred and eighty dollars. Whoa. That's yeah. fantastic. It's crazy, man. And, and it's a lot of fun. So we've been looking at like the Northwest. I love I love the mountains and the ocean and I love the West Coast. It's where I belong. Whether it be California or Oregon, I'm a big fan. I love the Klamath Falls area. Near Crater Lake, not the actual city of Klamath Falls. Um and and Man, I just there's somebody at somewhere out there that's going to be home soon, and and when I get this debt paid off by the end of the year, that's going to be so much easier. Like one step closer to being able to make it a reality, man. And it's going to happen for sure. It sounds like you've got a plan. And Santa Cruz could be on that list. It should be on that list. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to go on a tangent there or anything, but I'm just no, no, I no. want people to know that it is absolutely possible to do this kind of stuff. It's and obviously people like Har- Harley and, and every guest that I've had on this show is doing it. And that's what the beauty of podcasting is. Like everybody that you're bringing on your show, people who matter, obviously matter in some way great enough that you want to bring them on and share their message with your audience. And you're learning from every single person that you talk to. Yeah, it's, it's just been such a blessing. Yeah. Like I can't even express how happy it makes me. 
Yeah, and you you mentioned that you actually picked the phone up and call people to ask them to be on that show, which is something I have not really done. Mostly I'm connecting through the internet or through other connections. That's a great idea, man. Yeah, you know, I've only done the cold call approach once, but I, I sounded like a bumbling idiot, but he said yes, and that was uh, episode nine, Scott Nygaard, guitarist in the Bay Area. He's someone I had met before, but it had been years, and we hadn't been in touch. So I just picked up the phone, said, hi, my name's Harley. Here's how you met me. Uh, you probably don't remember me, but here's what I do, and I would love to have you on the show. said, great. When can we do it? <laughs> awesome. I was man. like, oh, wait, what? You, you Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because my first, my very first uh, episode was Franklin and Franklin Murphy. And he's, he's a, a keyboard player for a band out there in Ventura, California. Mm -hmm. And he's awesome. And the band's called Shaky Feeling. They, they are ridiculous. And I just got the recent copy of Relics Magazine, and they made the top five artists you should know about. So I was like, that, that's awesome, you know? Wow. Moving forward. And, yeah, they played at my buddy's wedding out there because my one of my best friends lives in Ventura also. Um, he's actually from Tennessee, which is where I'm from. And he had a wedding, and they played. And then, of course, they had – it was kind of cool because they had – Fish's guitar, Fish's photographer was there taking pictures for their wedding, and we just fist pumped <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, it was interesting. It was the craziest wedding I've ever been to for sure. We shut down Beverly Hills, man. <laughs> they said they'd never seen that many people. They'd never seen people drink as much as we did, and and the reason was because her family were all these Jewish people from Brooklyn, and his family were all these conservatives from Tennessee which is like the biggest drinking state in the United States. And so when you combine those two, like some of the heaviest drinkers ever, it's like they cleaned house, man. It was nuts. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, it was terrifying for sure. But yeah, man, uh, so, so your podcast, what do you think your long-term goal is with it? I, I know you have, I, I'm, I'm sure we could talk forever and, and ever about plans and different things that pop up, but uh, from a personal standpoint, like where do you see yourself later down the road with it? What's, what's, what's the ongoing uh, goal here? You know, um, podcasting for me has become just one of the most joyful, exciting things in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, like, like we've been talking about most of this time, it just allows you to connect with so many people and have so many great conversations. So my long-term plan is to just keep it loose and keep going with it because it just it makes me so happy. I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing. Um, so yeah, keep connecting with bigger and bigger people. Keep interviewing people that fascinate me. I have some like lofty goals that I'm trying to work towards every day with people I want to get on the show. And I've made some pretty specific plans to how to get to them. And so just trying to pursue that and just taking it step by step. But the other thing I really want to do is I would love to, I'm not going to get into too much detail because I'm trying to work out some of the details. This is um, a part of what, the, what I want to talk to this venture capitalist about. But I want to start more shows. 
I want to make podcasting my life. I want to create a business out of it. And I want to see, I want to see where that can go. So I've got ideas for at least 15 to 20 more podcasts I would like to see (laughs) out there. I'm, I'm totally serious. Yeah. I believe (laughs) you, man. And I would love to be able to, to in some way make those happen. So I've, I've got some lofty goals in that area and I've got like a section of Evernote. There's probably about 20 or 30 notes in there that I've written over the past couple of days that are mapping out my plan for that. So we'll see where that takes me. But as far as people who matter goes, I just, it's an excuse to talk to the coolest people I can think of for an hour. <laughs> yeah. How awesome. Yeah. Uh, you're, I think that we have a lot in common. I mean, really that I would just absolutely, when I sit down and think about what I want to be doing, I would absolutely kill to be able to be a voice on all these different podcasts, networking with people, talking about amazing things all over the world, doing, a, it's just like the possibilities are endless and so many different types of shows that I would want to be involved with. And, mm-hmm. and the, the, I guess the, the roadblock right now would be for me is, is, figure out a way to clear up more time so that I can do more shows first of all, because they do take some time. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's, there's a lot that goes into them as you know. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's insane. But if you could get to that point and get over that hump and, and figure out the system and start automating things and getting things done and being more efficient and looking at processes, man, how, how awesome would it be? I mean, really how awesome. It's one of those things that, um, there's this book, the desire map, that I did recently. Everyone should check that out. Danielle Laporte, The Desire Map, go get it. Changed my life. Um, but she talks about, she, she has a question in there somewhere, somewhere in her programs. Um, I'm going to paraphrase here, but what is something that you want so badly that you're afraid to even think it? And I, I realized that it was, it was this, um, like taking this to the next level. And like take, taking the approach of possibly seeking venture capital and making this grow really fast. That's an option I'm exploring right now and I never expected to be. And I realized that it's something that I wanted so badly I was afraid to even think about it. How incredible, man. Yeah. And you'll get it. If you want it bad enough, you'll get it, man. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting. I'll see. I'm going to be having some conversations. We'll see what happens. We'll see if everything works out mutually. And that's the fun thing. Like I, I feel so good about what I'm doing and I, I've practiced enough that I have confidence that I will be able to pull off, pull it off however works. And if that's not the appropriate route for me to be taking, I can make it work on my own. I, I just, I know that everything works. That's a belief. That's a core belief that I've come to have over the past few years. Just everything works. It I mean, does. I, <laughs> Earlier this year, I broke up with the girl I had been with for four years. I was pretty heartbroken. I decided to move back to Santa Cruz. I'd been living in Boston for a bit. And it was rough and it sucked. But out of that, I met I met the girl I'm with now. And like it's it's an incredible relationship. And I am so happy and we are a better match than my previous girlfriend and I were. And then right after that, it, like literally, it, it's the best thing. In a flash, I had the idea for People Who Matter because I had been learning and practicing and making podcasts for a year and learning about online business for longer that 
everything kind of coalesced into this new idea. And within a week, I had a few people that had agreed to be on the show. And that was just a couple months ago. Wow. Like, so th- things work out better than I can imagine in every situation when I just have the courage to let go and see what happens. Because I couldn't have planned all of this. Like, I'm kind of looking around at the room I'm in and I'm like, oh my God, what is my life? This is incredible. <laughs> like, I, I, can't, I can't plan every little thing. I can, I can think about the big milestones that I want to hit in my head and work towards those. But I, I work really hard to be flexible and keep an open mind at the same time and see when the opportunities that are falling into my lap are the ones that are worth taking. So how, how, I mean, that's the real deal right there, man. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Transcribe it's, it. You can put it in, in your uh, memoir. <laughs> that is something I'd like to write one day. I've had a, I don't know, not the most eventful life, but kind of a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I have fun with it. Well, I mean, it's, that's, that's, that's why we live, right? It is. That's it really is. Live. Yeah, man. So if if you had to battle Godzilla, how do you think you would use your creativity or your talents to defeat that big, crazy, rabid bastard? Let's see. I am kind of a pacifist. Like last night, I put a cup over a spider, slid a card under him um, and picked up the jar and looked at him. And at the thought of killing him, I honestly, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I got a little teary thinking about killing him. So I, I walked outside, took him down the block and put him in the bush somewhere so he wouldn't come back in. So all that to say, I probably wouldn't take on Godzilla head on. But what I think I would do is uh, sit down across from him, have a conversation, see where he's coming from and see if I could uh, talk him down. And, and talk him into creating something productive in the world or just ask him deep questions until he got confused about his motives and went home crying. <laughs> or, 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 as I mentioned, I do have a battle mace next to me right now. I, I could resort to that. <laughs> I love it, man. I'm the same way. Like there's a, I just, I can't, I, I never ever really, I just can't understand the hunting thing. I mean, I get it from like a, hunt me man, you know, food standpoint, but I've just never been the type of person that could really deal with, with that kind of stuff and taking life away from something. It's just not something that ever would cross my mind as being cool or, or just something I could block out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine doing it either, but honestly I have respect for people who do Yeah, because it's a, it's a viable way to live and it's probably a more sustainable one, but as someone necessary, some places, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, but me, no, I'll, I'll look at the spider and cry about how cute he is. <laughs> I hate spiders, but you know, it depends on how nasty the thing looks. We got, yeah. we got a bunch of wolf spiders out here. Ooh, yeah. Those aren't fun. And brown recluses and black widows. And it's like, yeah, not something yeah. you want to mess with for sure. No, those are the nasty ones. Yeah. You guys got the, the nice, big, beautiful trees, the fresh air, the ocean, I've got, I, I'm not going to lie. It's beautiful in Eastern Kentucky. We've got mountains and, and gorges and things like that that are, that are awesome, but it's a, it's not the place for, for us. And that's for sure. Yeah. I'll be seeing you in Santa Cruz very soon. 
<laughs> I could tell. I've been sitting here trying to look up the cost of living out there, like and how far it was from Big Sur. But I'm not really paying attention to actually trying to do it. So I'm just like scrolling up and down on some calculator and I can't figure out what I'm doing. It's, just, <laughs> it, it's funny, man. It really is. So, yeah. Do you have any favorite like advice um, in particular? Or maybe I know you already mentioned that one book, which I've written down and I will put in the show notes at artsynow.com forward slash Harley Eblin. Uh, is am I saying your last name right? Just is it Eblin? Am I am I Eblin? You are saying awesome. it right. You're like one of the only ones. I I always joke that my last name it just it, there's no way to say it well. It's just Eblin. It just kind of like gets stuck in your mouth and falls out in a lump. Just Eblin. I just wanted E-B-O-E-N. to make sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're a podcaster, so you get people on your show, and it's a uh, the the one or two times you forget to ask them before you start the show and then it's the most difficult name you've ever seen. You're like, Oh damn. <laughs> like, yeah. What's this going to be? But never a fun spot. Yeah. It's all right. It's, it, it's fun for me. So as, as far as resources you were asking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. The desire map I mentioned, that's a fantastic one. Um, let's see. That's, that's probably my top recommendation for books. Another book that's been pretty influential to me lately. I read it, just a while a while ago. Honestly, it took me years to get through because it's such a scary book, or it was such a scary book for me, um, called The Way of the Superior Man. Hmm. And it sounds like a male uh, supremacist book. It is far from it. It's just about embracing, embracing life as a male. And it, it, it was just so good for me because I grew up with a single mom and hmm. always struggled with I guess, masculine identity. And it was just really a great way for me to come into myself. So I highly recommend The Way of the Superior Man for any guys out there. That was awesome. a great read. I'm going to put it down, man. I got a stack of books from, you know, I got them all for Christmas. I put them on my list and I'm so excited to get into all of them. And I will put that down on the Amazon wish list. And everybody yeah. out there, definitely check that out. Make sure, oh, then, you're, make sure you're wearing yeah. pants. <laughs> and then one more before... Before I forget, The War of Art. About half of my guests have recommended this book. It is unreal. Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. It's been recommended from all angles. And it's just about the battle that is creating anything artistic. And it's just an unbelievably good resource. Perfect for this audience, too. Yeah. Awesome, man. I will definitely add that in the show notes as well. Stephen Pressfield, right? Yes. Cool. Well, everybody out there, I mean, make sure you, you do something crazy and, keep, you know, obviously keep your pants on. I know that I've talked about taking pants off and running around several times. If you've actually gone out there and done that, cheers to you. Uh, and, and I'm happy. and I hope that you didn't get arrested or anything. But for, for our standpoint here, keep your pants on. Check these books out. I think that they're going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. They're different from what people have recommended. I haven't heard anybody recommend these to me before. So it's funny that they've been on, but huge Amazon reviews I see. Yeah, they're they're good ones. Where where can our where can they the listeners find, you know, your show and get in contact with you and in in your website and things like that? My online home base is harleyeblen.com. That's Harley like the motorcycle and then e b l e n.com. And I keep that updated. I keep that um, everything I'm doing, I'll always have it up there. So that's the easiest spot to get in touch with me, keep up with what I'm doing. And kind of the bigger things I've alluded to will appear there when the time is right. 
But for my podcast that I am extremely passionate about, uh, People Who Matter, uh, you can go to peopleshow.co. Check that out. I have fun with it. So those are the two main places. Absolutely, man. Awesome. Peoplewhomatter.co as well works. It redirects you, right? So Yes. Man, sweet beach pics. <laughs> I needed some over. pictures. Just yeah. They had some pretty ones. Put them up there. Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And, and like I said, this has been a conversation that could have gone in many different directions. And we had a dog attack and it was very random and very all over the place. But I like that real conversations without structure. And I can feel it, man. I can feel the passion in your voice and, and everything that you're going to do. And the energy is high. And I, I just have this amazing feeling that you're going to be ultra successful in everything you do. And I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Heath. I mean, and everybody out there, once again, break the rules. But first, break the rulers. And Harley, thanks so much for being the Archipreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky, buddy. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archapreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.